Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Today we're talking about the struggles that we have in walking with God and, and, and specifically walking in who He says that we are, because the reality is we have these three struggles that are a constant, you know, it's not just a tug of war rope where we're going side to side. There's a, there's a third one. And so we're constantly on the tilt-a-whirl, if you will, if you've ever wrote a tilt-a-whirl. And so then here are the three things that you struggle with. You struggle with other people, you struggle with yourself, and you struggle with God. And the two that we're going to be able to hit today are the struggle that we have with other people and the struggle that we have with ourselves. And next week, we will finish up talking about the struggle that we have with God. And so then what we need to understand this morning is we struggle with other people because we let their opinions essentially be the threshold of our success. It's kind of a measuring stick, right? We all have our yardstick out. and We're all kind of constantly going around saying, where am I? Where are you? How are you? Am I there? What do you have? Uh, what year is your car? You know, uh, where, what street do you live on? Oh, do you, are you here? Are you there? What is all of that, Right. And so we struggle with people because of the constant comparison that we make. And we talked week one uh, of this specific series in Who God Says We Are. We said 1 Timothy 6.6 says that godliness with contentment is great gain. With contentment, godliness with contentment, following a relationship with contentment is great gain. You know what steals your contentment faster than anything? Comparing. Comparing, looking around. Because we can't sit in what we have. And be happy with what we have because we're constantly going, oh, could be better, should be, should have that, could want to live there, want to drive that, want to wear that, should have this done, right? And so then, knowing that contentment is stolen by comparison, you realize that looking ahead and looking around, are it's just a constant battle that's sucking the life out of you. Con- comparison is going to steal your contentment every time, every time. So I can say that, and those are like two big words that we kind of put up here, but in reality, what we're saying is comparison steals your fulfillment. It steals your joy. It steals your happiness. It steals your ability to say, this is enough. This is enough. This is good. It steals your opportunity to be thankful, right? Because it's a constant push. Last week, we were reminded that what kills right now is what's next. A a constant focus on the next thing. Most of the time, what's next is led by an expectation that we've created or a a comparison to others. An expectation that we've created or a comparison to others. And so those are two really good things, right? And, and, And the world could tell you that you could really live on those. And, and I really, I don't know that I have I could jump into scripture. Obviously, 1 Timothy 6, 6 is good. But the root, those are fruit problems. The root problem of why we struggle with people is very simple. It's sin. It's just sin. Plain old sin. Whoop, he said sin. It's getting heavy. No, it's not. It's really not. Just stick with me because this is the truth. Relationships get broken by sin because nothing works perfectly with imperfect people. Nothing works perfectly with imperfect people. From our relationship with God to, those, to the relationships with those who are closest to us, to our marriages, to our friendships. 
What causes division and separation and anxiety and divorce and even crime inside of our relationships, if we're going to get really heavy, is sin. It's sin. And as a human race, what we have is we have a lot of conflict and we have a lot of misunderstandings and disappointments and we have plenty of competition. Everybody fighting for an edge for themselves. Lots of competition. So we get jealous and we gossip and we create problems that create division and then we justify all of it because I... What about me? Right? And I just want to share with you this morning that this is why Paul tells us in 1 Colossians, Colossians, we're not in communion anymore, in Colossians chapter 3, to cut it out. Have you ever seen Funhouse? Joey Gladstone always give you, cut it out. Right? Paul tells in Colossians 3, cut it out. Guys, cut it out. One of Paul's biggest reasons for writing the letter to the church involved calling out heretical people who had infiltrated the church and and took it off course. And so what Paul says in in Colossians 3, we need to refresh ourselves with this morning, right? And so let's read this together. These will be on the screen for you. And this is going to be, if you're taking notes, this is Colossians chapter 3. And I think we're going 5 through 17, 5 through 17. And so I'll expound a little bit, but we're going to be together. We're going to start in verse 5. Here we go. Put to death, therefore, what is worldly, in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. He says, because of this, verse 6, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Don't let that freak you out, but that's the truth, okay? Verse 7, in these you too once walked when you were living in them, past tense, past tense, you were living in them, you were, you once walked, you were, so don't bring them with you, leave them where they were or where they are. No, do not go back. Verse 8, but now you must put them away, put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk or filthy language from your mouth. By the way, don't think that I'm exempt from this and that I don't, that I don't deal with this. This week, I was hanging a piece of sheetrock in my kitchen, and after years of not just losing my mind, I obliterated a piece of sheetrock, okay? I just went straight bananas on it. And it's not something I'm proud of. I'm not glad that it happened, but I'm just telling you, I have, I have the same issue. I have the same struggle, right? And so then, number nine, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Do not lie because you're done with that is what he's saying. So what's it? Be honest with yourself and with others. That's what that says. Don't lie to one another. Just be honest, be real, because reality is we've all fell short of God's glory, right? Verse 10, and put on the new self, which is being renewed daily in the knowledge of in the knowledge after the image of its creator. What? You look like Jesus is what that says. You are the image of God. Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. What's that? The human race is created in God's image. You all have a little bit of Jesus in you, okay? Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must 
also forgive. Man, that's really tough to do when you disagree with somebody. It's really tough to do when you disagree with somebody. What's it say? Bear with one another. Level. Have some empathy. Right? Relate. Relate. Bear with one another. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Verse 15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, and sing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Not, it doesn't say, not in comparison, but with contentment. Do everything in the name of the, in the, name of the Father, giving thanks to God, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Not in comparison, but with contentment because of who he is and because of who he says that you are. And so then, wrapping up our struggles with people, if you're a note taker, here it is. To stop your struggle with people, stop comparing yourself to them because comparison stills your contentment. Remember, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, godliness with contentment is great gain. Hold on to the gain. Hold on to the gain. Number two, live in the now. Live right now. Be present. Be where you're at. Be where you're at physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Be here because what kills right now is what's next. Be here. Number three, renew your mind daily. This is Colossians 3.10. As a son or a daughter, you have put on the new self, which is being renewed daily in knowledge after the image of your creator. What's that mean? You mature when you meet with God daily. Renew your mind daily. You mature. The more you mature, it says, in the knowledge after the image of your creator. The more you mature, the more you look like Jesus. The more it gets from your head and what you know in your head to what you believe in your heart to who you are with your feet and how you walk around where people go, that dude, that guy right there, that woman, they, she, he represents Jesus, right? And you're going to renew that mind because of this. What happens if you do not renew your mind? And this is the struggle. This is where things get heavy and we start carrying a lot of anxiety and start having a lot of stress. What happens if you don't renew your mind daily is you carry yesterday's problems into today, which means you're likely going to carry them into tomorrow. And if those problems are linked to a person, who knows how long that's going to hang around, right? How long will you carry them? And how long will you, will you wait to let them go? How long will you wait to believe what we're told in Matthew where Jesus says, cast all of your care upon me for my burden is light. My yoke is easy, right? Finally, the fourth thing, to stop struggles with people, we must personally, that means individually, Put into action what Colossians chapter 3 is saying to us. Paul reminds us to forgive one another. It starts there. Forgive one another. It starts right there. And if, this is a big if, if that forgiveness is authentic, it brings us to a place. It brings us to a place where the gossip stops and the competition goes away and the jealousy ends and the comparison quits. And when that happens, if it's authentic, when that happens, if it's authentic, you're fully present in the now. And you're content with who you are. And you're happy with what you have. And you will gladly say, I have everything I need. This is enough.
Isn't God so good? Isn't God so good? Now, as we look at the struggle with ourselves, it's a little bit deeper issue. To talk about the struggle that we have with ourselves, I'm going to reference the story of Jacob. Many of you know this great Old Testament story. It's found in Genesis. And I, I paraphrase this because I really want to get into the struggle that we have. And so to catch you up with who Jacob is, Jacob is the twin brother. He's the younger twin brother of Esau. And Rebecca, his mom, during pregnancy, uh, was told by God that she would give birth to twins, that each of them would found a great nation. And Esau, the elder brother, would serve his younger brother. And as it turned out, Jacob, by means of really some deception, a lot of deception, right, managed to obtain his older brother's birthright from their father. Esau, finding this out, um, is furious. And so Jacob uh, flees uh, the wrath of his brother and he takes refuge uh, in Mesopotamia. Along his journey, though, Jacob sees God, hears God, and God gives him a revelation that says he's going to essentially um, have a bunch of land and numerous offspring that would be the blessing of the entire earth. And when God gave that to Jacob, he named that place where we see the vision Bethel, which means house of God. So then he finally arrives at his uncle's house, Uncle Laban, solid dude. It's going to make him work his tail off, right? Jacob falls in love with his cousin named Rachel, which is probably in the you know Old Testament times, okay? So then, because he was in love with her, he decided to work for her father, and to earn her hand in marriage, he had to work for seven years. Laban, after that seven years, essentially pulls the old swoop and swap, like Jacob did with his brother, and essentially gives him his daughter Leah. Well, Jacob didn't want Leah. Jacob was in love with Rachel. And so then Laban essentially talked Jacob into going, or he didn't talk him in. Jacob wanted, um, Jacob wanted Rachel's hand. And so then he worked another seven years. He worked another seven years. And then he got Rachel's hand. So he has two wives and I can't, can't even comprehend that, to be honest with you. And then he serves Laban another six years just to amass large amounts of property and, and once he did, he then set out with his wives and his kids and they returned to Palestine. But on the way, Jacob ends up getting in a wrestling match with God, which we're going to dive into very, very deep next week. And after that wrestling match with God, Jacob meets his brother and is reconciled with Esau and they all settle in Canaan and life is good. Okay. And what I want you to see in that big old paraphrase is this, Jacob's entire life was a struggle. Okay, and so we could point to all the things that he had relationally that he struggled with his brother, uh, with with the order of his birth, with uh, getting his wife or wife's um, with his kids. Who knows how he struggled with the in-laws? It's in there. Okay, and so if you can relate to that, come on, somebody. But the biggest battle that Jacob faced was himself. It was himself. It wasn't others. And for many of us, our biggest struggle is the same as Jacob's. It's us. It's us. And, and the, 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 you know, big light bulb that's going off right now is it takes time. It takes time for us to recognize that, that our struggle is inside of us, right? It takes time for us to realize and stop blaming uh, others for 
X, right? We have to accept the reality that we have a lot to do with where we are and with who we've become. We have a lot to do with that. It's not, I can't, well, this, this guy was this way, so he's, so that's why. I can't carry that and I can't say that. That's just an excuse because I don't want to deal with the reality that, that I get in my own way, that I struggle with myself, that, that my head plays, <laughs> plays games with me. And so then what do I mean that we struggle with ourselves? Here's what we struggle with. If you're taking notes, there's a lot of these. This isn't all of them, but I'm going to get to most, most of them. Here's what we struggle with. We struggle with our fears. We struggle with failure. We struggle with our flaws. And while I'm on this flaws thing, who knows about your flaws? Who knows about your flaws? Lest ye tell somebody. Nobody. Nobody's looking at you going, oh my gosh. They're not doing that because they have their own. They have their own. We struggle with our flaws. We struggle with our insecurities. We struggle with our regret. Regrets. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. We struggle with guilt. We struggle with temptation. We struggle with resentment. We struggle with weakness. With weakness. We struggle with addiction, speaking of weakness. We struggle with sin. We struggle with compulsion. We struggle with all these things. And it's a struggle. And that's why I told you earlier, I'm not exempt. I'm not exempt from these because I'm a pastor. I'm a human being. I'm part of the human race just like you. And so then, with all of these struggles, I think the biggest thing that we're, the bigger thing that we need to see here is that we also struggle with our blind spots, the things that we think we know but we're not aware of, the things that people try to point out to us but we don't really catch. And then when they really do come to light, we tend to get a little bit defensive and a little on edge and say, that's not, that's not true, right? And we do that because we think they might be a weakness, like cracks in a vase right? That, have, that are either barely holding on or have been put back together. And when those cracks are in the dark, we see them as flaws and failures. But when we give those cracks to God, he makes them ma- a masterpiece, right? But heaven forbid we actually bring them to light. Heaven forbid we bring all of these things that we struggle with to light. Heaven forbid we bring something that we that we Um, don't even know about that somebody might call us on to light. Reality says when a blind spot gets revealed to us, it provides an opportunity for personal growth. If we acknowledge it, if we just own it and say, you know what, man, that's so true. That's so true. I can get better there. I can get better there. Cracks kept in the dark make us see them as flaws and failures. But in the light, God brings light to them, right? And so then, we find these struggles in Jacob, and they're the same with us. Jacob was very insecure. He not only struggled with manipulating other people, he struggled with his conscience constantly, constantly. And it's why the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 7, 15 through 23, this will be on the screen The Apostle Paul says this, and he's talking about himself. He says, this is me. He says, I don't understand myself at all. I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing that I hate. And no matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. 
But there's a law at work within me that is at war with my mind. It's at war with my mind. And what you need to understand is when you surrender, surrender is a really tough word, right, for some people. When you surrender your blind spot, which can also be your lie, which is your biggest crack, which has a lot to do with your story. When you give that to God, he's going to use it to multiply the kingdom. Because what's going to happen is people are going to be made aware that they're not the only one. That they're not alone. Oh, you too? Man, tell me more. I'm so sorry. How can we get through this together, right? And what happens when you reveal um, these things to God and they are known because you let go of your story, you let go of your lie, your blind spot, that biggest crack, you let go of it. What happens is it stops the devil right in his tracks because the devil can't stand up to truth. The devil doesn't work in truth. He works in lies. He is the deceiver, right? And so then, the big question is, how do you surrender to God? How do you surrender to God? I'm going to invite my son, Oscar, to come in here. Oscar, you want to come in here? Oscar is excited to help me out today. White, can you see this guy okay? Oscar's here. Oscar, you want to say hello? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Slide that way just a little bit. You're doing great, bro. Oscar is nine. He's our oldest. He is by far very responsible. He loves to follow rules, and uh, he is an amazing help around our house. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. We're answering the question, how do I surrender to God? How do I surrender to God? This could probably be a sermon all in itself. But what I want you to know is this. We're going to look back and we're going to reference Colossians chapter 3 because it gives us so much good. It says, put to death what is worldly in you. Whatever's in you that's worldly, put it to death. It's Colossians 3, 5. Put away what you lived in. That's Colossians 3, 8. Remember, that's past tense. Let it stay there. Put off the things you need to. That's Hebrews, man. Run. Run the race that's been set before you. So then what are you saying, Dusty? I'm saying stop carrying it. Take it off. Put it off. Lay it down. And today we're going to lay some things down. How do I lay it down? Matthew 11, 28 through 30. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are tired and weary from carrying your heavy loads, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Here's what he didn't say. I'm going to give you more to carry. He didn't say, I'm going to give you um, more to put into your time. I'm going to dump a bigger load on you. I'm going to add to your schedule. No, he doesn't say that. He says, I will give you rest. He says, the yoke I give you is easy and the load that I put on you is light, is light. Today, what I hope that we all grasp is we, generally speaking, tend to carry burdens that we put on ourselves because of unresolved guilt that we have and unrealistic expectations that we've created, right? Remember, your greatest frustrations are from your expectations. Your expectations create your greatest frustrations. 
And the root is we're trying to prove that we matter. We're trying to earn blank. And what I want you to know today is that you don't have to earn your way. And you don't have to prove that you matter to God. You simply do. By being where you are in your existence, you matter. You're enough. Even if you only do this tomorrow, lift one finger. Enough. You don't have to prove that you matter. You don't have to earn your way. You simply matter. You just simply matter. So then, do not let your doubts become your God. Let your God become your God. Let your God become your God. How do we do that? I'm so glad that you asked. I'm so glad that you asked. It's what Oscar is here for. It's Colossians 3, 5. Put off your old self. Put off your old self. Live in his promise for you and live in who he says you are. How do you live in his promise? How do you live in his promise? Oscar, show me how. Which one are you taking first? What's it say? Anger. You ever been anger? Yes. What's what's the past tense of anger? Is it angry? Yeah. You ever had anger? Yeah. You've been angry? Mm-hmm. Do you like it when you're angry? No. Do you want to keep that or do you want to lay it down? Lay it down. What do we have here? What's that say? I am renewed. You're renewed. Renewed. I believe, I believe that this is Colossians 3.10. Put on the new you. Be renewed. And where are you going to put that? In your pocket. Right in your heart, right? Mm-hmm. I am renewed. Isn't renewed what we do daily when we when we do the Bible every morning? Bible over breakfast? Whoopsies. I'll help you with your pockets. <laughs> this is not a rehearsed thing, by the way. All right, where are you going next? Gluttony. Do you know what gluttony is? No. That's when you eat too much food. You ever done that? Oh, uh, yeah. How does it make you feel when you eat too much ice cream? Not very good. Not very good. Do you like that? No. You want to keep that? No. All right. What do you got here? He says, lay it down. I am chosen. I am chosen. This is Colossians 3.12. That's chosen people. That's chosen people. Where does it go? Right in your heart. Right in your heart. Boom. What's next? Envy. Envy. Are you envious? No. No. You want to keep it? No. No, I wouldn't want to know what that is either. What do you got here? I am holy. I am holy. Are you holy? Yes. Yes, you are. Still in Colossians 3.12, as chosen people, holy, and get the next one real quick. We're going to switch it up. Holy in what? I am loved. Are you loved? Yes. Who loves you? God. Who else? Your parents. That's right. Does Jesus love you? Yes. How much? A lot. A lot. Next one. Slander. I've never explained that to you. I apologize. You're not that way. But do you want to be it? No. No. What are you going to do? Lay it down. Take this. What does it say? I'm com- I'm compassionate. Are you compassionate? Yeah. Dang right you are. You are compassionate. You're the most compassionate kid we got. Where do you put it at? Your heart. What's next? Malice. 
You're not malicious, okay? But that's evil. You want to you be malicious? No. No, lay it down. We're not going to focus on the negative. Tell me another one. Take another one for me. Mm. Idols. Do you have idols? Do you have something else that's God besides God? Mm. No. 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 Do you want something else besides God to be your God? No. Lay it down. What's this say? I'm kind. Kind. Still in Colossians 3.12. Are you kind? Yes. Do you like being kind? Yes. I almost picked your nose with that card, didn't I? <laughs> you are kind. Take another one. What does it say? Foul language. Do you have foul language? No. No, you don't. Do you want to talk with foul language? No. No. What do you do with that? You sure don't want to keep that? Yeah. All right. What is this? Well, who are you here? No, I don't. What's this? I'm humble. I am humble. Humble. Right there in your heart. Right there in your heart. What's next? Greed. Greed. The love of money. Do you love money? Yes. A lot? Yeah. Do you love money more than God? No. You sure? Positive. Do you want to love money more than God? No. No, you don't. Do you want to keep, you want to hold on to that? No. All right. What's next? I am meek. You are meek. Where does this go? You're gentle, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Very, Very gentle. Right here. So then, one more. What else? Pride. Pride. You ever had an issue with pride? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like it? No. Does it make you feel good? No. You want to hold on to that one? No. No, I'd lay that thing down too. What is here? I am patient. You are patient. You ever had a problem with patience? Yes. Yes, you have. <laughs> are you working on it? Yeah. Are you getting better? Yeah. So what you just said, Oscar, you just said you're Colossians 3.12. You are chosen, holy, and loved, and have a compassionate heart with kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. It's Colossians 3.12. Is that our family mission? Yeah. It sure is. What else you got? Cravings. Cravings. Remember they talked about that? We do like ice cream now and again, don't we? Yeah. But too much ice cream is what? No good. No good. You going to keep that? No. What do you got here? I am love. You are love. Do you love others? Yes. You sure do. Colossians 3.14, and put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Right there in your heart. What's next? Evil. Evil. Are you evil? No. Do you want to be evil? No. I don't want you to be either. You want to hang on to that? No. All right, lay it down. What's out? What else you got up here? Um, I am peace. I have peace. You have peace. Do you have God's peace in your heart? Yes. God's peace in your heart. Colossians three fifteen. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. What's next? Lying. Lying. You ever had an issue with lying? Yep. Yeah. Proud of it? No. No. Do you want to hold on to that? No. Do you want to be a liar? No. What's the what's the opposite of lying? Telling the truth. Telling the truth. Drop that thing down there. We don't lie. What's this say? I have the word. You have the word. Boom. What's the word? Is it the Bible? Yeah. 
You have the word. It's Colossians 3.16. What are we taking off? What's that say? Wrath. You're not, you don't have wrath, case. We, we, we've never talked about that, but it's not in you. But you don't hold on to it either. Just trust your dad on this one. Take this. What's this say? I believe the truth. I believe the truth. What's Colossians 3.16 say? Let the word, the truth, dwell in you. Let it dwell in you. Is the Bible dwelling in your heart? Do we talk, we, do we talk yes. the Bible every day? Yes. Do we ask questions every day? Mm-hmm. Do you grow in your relationship with God every day? Yes. That's good, buddy. All right. Take another one off. What do we got? We're coming to the end. Impurity. impurity. We've not talked a lot about impurity, but the opposite of impurity is pure. So do you want to think impure thoughts or do we think pure thoughts? Pure thoughts. Pure thoughts. So do you want to hang on to impure things? No. No. Do you think that's good? No. No. Lay it down. By the way, to get an adult to do this, Never going to happen, okay? (laughs) I am thankful. I am thankful. Is that true? Yes. Sure is. You're thankful. What do you got there? Passions? Passion. Passions. You have passions. Some are good. Some are bad. This is talking about evil passions. Do you have evil desires? Mm, No. No, you don't. Do you want them? No. No, you don't. Drop it down there. I think this one says your name. Maybe. Maybe. Yep. Be thankful. We hit 316, which is be thankful and worship with your whole heart. Your whole heart is Oscar. That's who you are. Because mm-hmm. we planted these in your heart, haven't we? Yeah. What's the last one? Immorality. Immorality. It's negativity, right? That's, that's believing in bad things. It's evil desires. It's all those things. Are you immoral? No. No. Do you want, do you want to be immoral? No. No. Go ahead. What's that mean? I am a child of God. You are a child of God. Hang right here with me, okay? Hang right here. Where does this go? In your Do you believe this? Yeah. You sure? Mm-hmm. In your heart, right? Mm-hmm. And so then why? Why can we do this? This is tough. This is tough to do, because, especially because a lot of the times we feel like we carry these things, and obviously we don't walk around with Post-its on it, but we walk around with it on the inside. And some of these words are religious and some of them are old and some of them have different definitions now than they used to. But all these words that are laying on the ground are things that we carry, right? They're things that you find in Colossians chapter three. And Paul says, hey, put this off, lay this down, lay this down. And when you do that, what happens is you find yourself living in God's promise for you. This is God's will for your life. And when you realize that God's will for your life is the best place for you to be, it's the best place for you to be, that's one thing. But it's hard to walk in who God says you are if you don't believe who you are, if you don't believe these, if you don't believe all the scriptures that we, that we read on the back half of Colossians chapter 3. Now that we have all the labels off and we've been renewed, you're renewed, do we renew daily? Yes. Yeah, we do. Now that, now that you've been renewed, I've, uh, Oscar, I'm going to ask him a couple more questions. This is this is where it should be good. Again, he's, are you prepared for this? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Okay. The most important thing, Oscar, I'm going to ask you this because I want you to be real in the next couple, okay? And thank you for your honesty. What's the most important thing you'll ever be? Yourself. Yourself. Who made you? God. 
How do you make you? Oz. How many Oscars are there? One. One. It's you, right? Mm-hmm. It's you. And so then who are you? A child of God. You're a child of God. And who does God say that you are? What does God say about you? You're accepted. You're accepted. What does that mean? What does it mean to be accepted? Um, it doesn't matter who, what anybody else's opinion is. Right. Whose opinion matters? God's. What's he say about you? You're accepted. You're accepted. What else does he say about you? He says you're connected. You are connected. It's John 15. Being connected to who? Who are you connected to? God. And with God, you can do everything, right? Mm-hmm. What else does God say about you? He says that you're a temple. You are a temple. What's it mean to be a temple? Um, that God lives inside of you. That God's living inside of you. That you're a temple for God's spirit to live, right? So that means we take care of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. What else does God say about you? You're victorious. You are victorious. John 15 says, apart from me, you can do nothing, right? Mm-hmm. But with God, you can do everything. So he causes you to win. He leads you in triumphant procession. Remember learning triumphant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you anymore. I think there's a couple more that we go over. Those are the four that always stick out to you. And those four stick out to Oscar like there's three others that Lanny says that that's just who she is. And that's that's what she walks in. God says this about me. And that's what we believe that God is doing with her and in her life right now. And so then, Oscar, this is the big one. Who are we as Otis's? As the Otis family, who are we? Thankful. We're thankful. What's it mean to be thankful? To appreciate what you have. Smoke. What else are we? Honest. Honest. What's it mean to be honest? You tell the truth. Amen, brother. Maybe you should, You want to teach next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Um, obedient. We're obedient. What's obedient mean? Um, obedient, obedient means that. When do you obey? Right away. Right away. Right. Mm-hmm. How many times should we have to tell you? Once. One time we tell you. And how do we listen? With our eyes and our ears. With our eyes and our ears. And then what's it take to listen? Our eyes and our ears are good, but what does it take to actually make listening to learn, to be taught? What does it take? Is it following through? Yeah. It's following through, through, right? It's actually doing it, right? Mm -hmm. What What else does it mean to be an Otis? I think you said we are thankful, honest, Honest, obedient, obedient, respectful. Respectful Respectful means what? Um, That you respect one another. That's it. What else are we? Um, Who else are we, rather? Positive. We're positive people. What's it mean to be positive? To... How do we live a positive life? Where does it start? Think it. Mm-hmm. Speak it. Mm-hmm. Believe it. Mm-hmm. Live it. That's right. Man, come on, bro. And then what's the other thing that we are? Encouraging. We're encouraging. What's it mean to encourage others? You encourage one another. You make them feel happy. Yeah. To encourage one another, to speak some life, right? Mm -hmm. To speak some life. The reality is this. Thanks, buddy. The reality is this. When you believe this, when you believe this, you live, you live in the truth. You live in the truth. And the two things that we wrestle more than anything are others and ourselves. When we believe what Paul has told us, we live in the truth. 
And what happens when you live in the truth, you bring the message with you. You bring the message with you because people see it in you. And all these labels that are on the ground, all these post-its, all these words, everything you see in the first half of Colossians, it's easy to go back and pick up. It was easy for me to pick up some anger. I was disappointed when I shattered that piece of sheetrock, by the way. It's go, I can go back and pick up that anger, and I can own it. But that's not where God's called me to live. And I can also say, well, my dad was angry, and so I'm angry. And just, just say that's, but the reality is this. When I shattered that piece of sheetrock the other day, that was an experience. It wasn't an identity. It's something that happened. It was a moment. It's not who I am. And it's a, the same is true for you. All of these things that are on the ground, you can carry them and make them who you are. And you can keep speaking that negative stuff over your life day after day after day and say, well, I'm just this way. You know, my dad was addicted, so I'm addicted. My grandpa's addicted. My son's going to be addicted. We're all going to be addicted because addiction runs in our family. Or you can break it. Or you can break it. You have to make the choice. You have to make the choice because your experiences are not your identity. They're only moments. And the reality for Oscar to come and stand here with all these things on him is this. He's innocent behind all these post-its. These words mean exactly what they should mean. They're simple, weightless words to him because he's not carried them his whole life. But most of us have. Most of us have carried almost all those words our whole life. And the longer we carry them, the heavier they get. The longer that we carry them, the heavier they get. And so when God says to you, he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. What he's saying is, give all this to me. Lay all of this down. Lay all of this down. Because I, because I have called you a son. I've called you a son. Are you a son? Yes. Yeah, son of the king. You're son of the king. Because I've called you a son. I've called you a daughter. And so then, don't let your experience keep you locked into an identity that's not you. God says you're a son. He says you're a daughter. And he's only calling us to lay down what we've chose to carry. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.